Hello, Mr. Chapman. Hello, Kenneth. How are we amazing. doing? It's, it's amazing to see you. Uh, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Um, very happy to be recording the fifth episode of the Purple Couch podcast brought to you by uh, St. Clement of Rome Youth Ministry and, and Kenneth Hummel Productions. Um, thank you for tuning in. Episode five, where we're going to continue talking about the last two sacraments. But first, we're go- we have to go through our usual high-low GOG moments for the week. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Kenneth and let him start. We have some good ones this week. Um, big news for Chaminade's drama department. We are beginning the, I believe it, the second show of, um, we're doing Little Shop of Horrors. For a quick summary of what that show is, for all that are unaware, that is a story, a science fiction story, about a plant that eats humans um, and gets its nourishment from blood. It is, excuse me, it is quite a riveting story, really. Everyone dies, as everything seems to go these days. Um, But I myself am the father of the main character, which is Seymour. And it's, my name is, in the show is Mr. Mushnick, or just simply Mushnick. Um, It's quite fun, quite fun indeed. Um... My low would have to be uh, going to the dentist today. I'm not a big fan of the dentist. I I just don't like being told that my teeth are messed up at all. Um, didn't have any cavities, though. But I need braces. But we've been new. We've known this for the last four years. So it'll be okay. Um, and then my GOG... Is I went to reconciliation today. Um, we just we just love a good reconciliation. It's always nice. I got um, we really do. My, my penance today wasn't like my usual ones. It wasn't just three Hail Marys. It was oh they uh, gave us a little meteor one. They well, it wasn't necessarily meteor either. It was mm-hmm. but it was a different prayer at least. It was different. say the hail the hail holy queen, hmm. um, which I was. I'm quite happy about that is no offense to Hail Mary's, but they do sometimes get repetitive. Uh, uh, I mean, you do say like 53 of them in a rosary. So I would say, yeah, sometimes yeah, they get a little well, repetitive. A, I'm a big fan yeah. of the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. It really is. How about you, Bubba? What are your high, low, and GOGs? Um, I'll start with my, my low and get it out of the way. Um, I'm feeling pretty sore in like my my upper arms i've been having uh, we recently started second semester weightlifting at chaminade and uh, we're doing all these you know bench presses and back squats and hand cleans and stuff like that and i was trying to practice golf today and it was kind of tough just because i had a lot of soreness in me muscles but we'll get over it we'll get used to it as we keep lifting more our muscles will get used to it and i'll get stronger which is great um so no complaints, but I do wish I, I got to practice a little more golf today. But um, so sore muscles is uh, it's kind of tough. I know Kenneth has dealt with that throughout his cross country career. Um, oh, always. But as as good athletes do, we get through it. Um, uh, my high for for today, I had some really good hot chocolate today. Um, 
it's been a while since I've had a good cup of hot cocoa and I filled that desire today. It was great. Um, it was a 10 ounce cup of steaming hot, hot chocolate with a shot of vanilla in it. It was great. Mm. And then my GOG was probably youth group on Wednesday night. I got to see all my old friends and I walked around St. Clement, uh, my alma mater where I went to grade school, graduated from there recently and I already missed the place. So it was nice to, I kind of took a little stroll around the campus by myself and just relive some old memories and it was great. And I'm looking forward to, I guess my future GOG is tomorrow. I'm looking forward to going to reconciliation like Kenneth. Um, it's such a great sacrament as we've touched on in the past and I'm super excited for receiving it tomorrow. So all good stuff. Bubba, what, what was St. Clement's math? Like what's St. Clement's mascot for sports? Uh, we're really basic. I feel like I've, there's like five schools that have this, but uh, Crusaders. Okay. So you're the Crusaders, which is interesting because I don't know. What's the difference between like the Crusaders and the Crusades? Cause I know it wasn't the Crusades. Like didn't the Crusades kill like a lot of innocent people or something. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> to, put it, to put it lightly, yes, they to did. To put it lightly, yes, they did. But the Crusaders were just the people on the Crusades. Okay. So they were, they're considered Crusaders. A crusade is a holy, like, it's a holy war, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Crusaders are supposed to be like holy warriors, um, mm-hmm. just like following the direction of the pope but i guess that's good then because like we're we march into battle on the soccer field with god you know oh yeah but but we're not we're also not going to kill a ton of innocent people yeah it's Uh, it's a very fantastic piece of history though um there were i think six or seven crusades um My favorite. And there was and there was the kid crusade. The children's crusade. Yes. <laughs> was that were was you going to say that? Were you going to say yes. that? <laughs> but that we love we love the kid crusades. The children's crusade was definitely the most demented of them all, mm-hmm. because the pope was like, "Yes, if we send in children, if we send in fifteen, almost fifteen thousand children, none of them will get slaughtered because they're just children, right? No, they they died. They all died. But it's it's all right. Yeah, my, but my school, uh, my school's mascot was, like my grade school's mascot was, a falcon when I started there, hmm. and then, changed. It did. Interesting. It cha- well, it changed to there being no mascot. Hmm. Then they became the acorns. For some reason. Yeah, it's not. That doesn't. That doesn't really strike fear into the hearts no. of the other other sports teams, <laughs> the Acorns. Um, but then they became, I think, the Falcons again. Hmm. Something else, or they're still the Acorns. I know my little brother. So my little brother, um, God willing, will be at Shamnad next year. But oh, we sure hope so. We do hope so. You're gonna pass but, the torch on to him, you know? Oh yeah. That's what you got to do. But he, uh, his class was like the last class to still be, like to still know the Falcons. Um, and so all of his sports teams, he's just like, yeah, we're the Falcons. 
which I like. Good for them, honestly. But good for them. But yeah, so I I love like grade school mascots. I think they're either super funny or like super normal. But mascots in general, I think it's such a weird idea, though. Like, why would you? Yeah, make, that's kind of like, interesting. Why would, why would you name your team after like an animal or like? I don't know, like the Cav- like Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, what? What's the point? Like, alliteration is great. Big fan. That's true. I just don't get it. We love some good alliteration, but is, are, you, are you just saying like it's kind of pointless? You know? Yeah. Like, why don't you just name them like the Cleveland Maroons? Because <laughs> because their color is maroon, but that's yeah. kind of I mean, it's a little boring. But maroon and gold. I don't know. I just think. You can have fun with it though. Like, um, who is it? Um, the Chargers. The mm-hmm. um, L.A. Chargers is that what they are? The football team. This football team. I, I don't even know what city they're. I don't follow football. There is a Chargers um, though. I know that. Yeah, but um, yeah, the Los Angeles Chargers, but. Like, it's electricity, whereas like <laughs> the Corias, whereas like the Corian Chargers is a horse. That's pretty pretty like, funny. I never thought of that. There, it's the same name, but it's two completely different mascots. Very different meanings. Like, what? who do you think would win, electricity or a horse? Ooh, I'd love I to think... say the horse, but it'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah true the horse wouldn't make it past i think if they were in a boxing match i think it would go three rounds and the electricity would win yeah personally that's really funny that we took that where's this podcast gone um <laughs> i mean i mean why not it's going going somewhere it's for you great school we love the definitely school. spice definitely spicy um definitely spicy electricity now, do you the real question? Here's the where the real question comes in. Could electricity be eaten? It and if so, what would like electricity it, taste like? I feel like it would fry your. I feel like it tastes like death. It'd fry your insides. Well, okay. Putting aside that it would fry your insides, how do you think electricity would taste? Like not good. Do you think that it would be like? Do you think that it would taste bland? Metallicy, maybe. Metallicy. I think it would taste kind of like the um, you know, the candy's toxic waste. No. Well, you think Ooh. like super sour? Yeah, super sour. I think it would I mean, taste like that. Speaking of electricity, the other day I went to plug in my computer at like one of the I don't know, like an outlet, and there was like a little spark, and I got very scared. Hmm. Thought maybe I was gonna die, but I didn't die, so it's okay. That happens sometimes in my room when I'm like trying to plug my phone in at night. Does that ever happen to you? Where like you partially get into the like the like you plug your block the charging block into the wall, and a little spark comes out because you just like you hit it, but then you like also missed at the same time because it's dark. I don't think I've done that. Just I don't think I've done it. that because the charging block's just always in my wall. Like, I never take mm-hmm. it out. See, I do, because I, like, take mine to work sometimes. But I can mm-hmm. charge my phone while I'm on stand. 
Yeah, I, I mean, just charge mine. I charge mine overnight, and then I'm good all day. Yeah. Probably do that. Mine's almost well, I, constantly I on low power mode, too. But Mine is on low power mode at all times. Besides when, I, besides when it, like, changes automatically, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. Sometimes it'll be, like, it's, it's like, gives a, a notification. It's, like, sufficient, sufficient battery. battery. Yeah. Yeah. But... It is what it is, you know. It is what it is. That's how psychology psychology is gonna be, and psychiatry is gonna be. I swear, it's just gonna be like you walk in, like at least when we are psychologists or psychiatrists, like our generation, mm-hmm. you walk in, be like, "Doc, I'm depressed." Well, it whenever you what... get those feelings, <laughs> all you have to say to yourself is, "It is what it is," and it'll be all better. That's so true. Because I mean. Our generation just doesn't put an effort, you know. I mean, well, that's the thing. We're we put an effort, but then the effort we put in is to very different things than our own mental health. Mm-hmm. You know. But I mean, I wonder what I'd right. be like as a therapist. I mean, I I have been to therapy before when I was younger because I was a very anxious little 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 bubba was very anxious. Hmm. I think I'd be okay. Maybe I'd be okay at it. I don't know. I think I mean, a lot about you want to go to school like, for it first. That's true. I mean, the, but I think all the time about like all the things I like could be in the future, and it like like what my voc- my vocation would be, aka the vocation sacraments, which we're going to talk about. Indeed, the sacraments of vocation, aka the sacraments of service, the last two. Very important. Yep. We got so, holy orders and holy matrimony. Pretty yep. great, right? They're pretty great. But I think the question comes like, why are they called the sacraments of service? Bro, that's true. I mean, it's like you're getting married or you're becoming a priest. How does that have to do with service exactly? I guess it's kind of obvious in the as like the priest standpoint. Because um, like you're giving, when you become a priest, you devote yourself to serving the church. But as far as matrimony goes, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but in matrimony, basically, like, the way you're serving is you're serving the church. So both are serving the church, but in different ways. So like Bubba said, like, the priest is very direct. The priest, the deacon, the nun, um, just everyone that goes through holy orders, it's pretty obvious. Like, you're serving the church itself, whereas, like, either the physical church as in, like, the place that, it, like, you actually go when you have the sacraments. And uh, the church, as in, like, through the schools, with a lot of times with nuns, or with baptisms, with deacons, um, and building up the church in that way. But then the family is headed by, like, a mom and dad in holy matrimony. And so holy matrimony serves the church by bringing the next generation of the church about and teaching them at home um building up their faith life building up building up their prayer life at home um and so that's how they're serving the church is they're they are creating the future of the church so Mm -hmm. that is a very important part of the church itself i feel like is the future but yes so Bob and I haven't gone through these. Which, no, we're a little too young. We're we're a little young. 
if you think about it, I mean, holy, but holy orders, don't you need like seven years of school or something? Um, you need uh, at least in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, it would be nine years in total in the seminary because you that's a long time. So, yep, so you have your four years of college, you have your three years of theology, theology one, two, three, and then you have your apostolic year and your um, your uh, year of being a transitional deacon. So, yeah. Well, fun. That'll be. I mean, it would be an interesting process to go through. Um, it would. Our good friend Jonathan Struckoff is currently third. Is he's in his third year of the seminary, right? Yep. So he's college, still college. Yeah, but he's a junior in college. So getting. His degree right now in philosophy, I do believe, is the first one mm-hmm. they get. So they, yeah. in total, they get two or three degrees. I'm not sure on that one. Um, but they do get their uh, a theology and a philosophy degree, for sure. So some Very priests cool. will have yeah. more. So there's, especially if they go to school before they go into the priesthood. So like there are... Yeah, like, so if you went, if you just initially went to school for theology or or for like um for for something like that and then you wanted to become a priest could you like skip the first couple of years because you already have a you know that's when they go into pre-theology hmm. so um say that you were a pharmacist before uh this actually was what it was like for one of the priests in st louis um was a pharmacist um, decided that that was not what he was called to do with his life. Um, and then he converted to Catholicism and proceeded to um, go into the seminary. He went to, he went into pre-theology, which is basically just like getting you ready for, like giving you a quick synopsis of what you've missed from the four, four years you missed before when you were either like in a profession or if you had gone to school and then decided to go to into the seminary um and then you finish up the rest of the time in seminary so you do so you would do six or seven years then instead of eight or not but yep it's still a very long process no matter how you do it yeah for sure well i mean if that's if that's what god if that's what god wants you to do then it's what you you know it's what you got to do exactly it, it is what it is <laughs> it is what it is perfect but whereas matrimony there's still like marriage prep i'm sure your parents have said something to you about this before i mean i mean i guess that's it's what they went through but it's different for everyone as if you if you're going through holy orders it's like everyone's in between six and nine years of preparation but marriage sometimes you're dating someone for sometimes you're dating the person that you will eventually marry for five plus years or it might have been yeah. less than a year so yeah i have um i think it was one of my teachers dr patilla you know him right i can't say i do as a freshman okay. no um so i know he teaches sophomore theology sophomore and senior theology um but he for sure, um, he for sure, it's my friend, Andrew, um, but he for sure was in a relationship, like, was married, he 
and get got engaged, I think it was. Um, it was either two weeks or two months into like meeting this girl. Um, hmm. But quick. It, it was very quick. Yeah. But he was just I guess like, if you, if you know, you know, you know, exactly. That's exactly what he says. If you know, you know. Um, and so that was his thing with it. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's much more we have on these two because you and I just don't have any experiences with them. But that's true. Uh, talk more about Jonathan Struckoff, our friend that's that we mentioned who's in his third year. You might know him as Struck Daddy on, on Spotify. On Spotify, that's something I think is super cool. That like, go, go to the Spotify this, guys. Yeah, go to the Spotify. Look up after you finish listening to this podcast and following the Purple Couch. Go over and look up Struck Daddy on Spotify. Makes some amazing beats, which I always thought was super cool because he's in the seminary. Like he's gonna devote his life to God as a priest, but he also finds time to like make sick beats on Spotify. He makes great music, by the way. He makes um, amazing music. Yeah, but I think that's super cool that he can still like his passion is music, um, but he also is called to serve God. Like he he feels and he knows that God is calling him to the priesthood and like, he's like, all right, I'll do both. Dope. You know? Like, yeah. He's what a man, man. Yeah. Man. I think the big thing with these two sacraments is this, like these two sacraments are the biggest one where discernment comes in. Like mm-hmm. prayer before making these decisions is so important. Like you shouldn't just go off on a whim and be like, yes, I'm going to become a priest. Yes, I'm going to become a deacon. Yes, I'm going to become a nun. There's always all this preparation. And it's the same for marriage. Like, you shouldn't just go go straight at full steam ahead. Or, like, like dating someone is discerning. Um, so being in the seminary is dating the church. Uh, figuring out if you're supposed to marry the church. Dating will end in two ways. Either you break up or you get married. And there's no difference. Like, there's, it's the same. You can't fully break up with the church because it's the church. I mean, it is the it is the church. But you can't break up. You can't break up with God because He ain't never gonna leave you. You know exactly. Um, he's too good. Um, but that's the big thing is discernment, discernment, discernment. So, which is a lot of times what people, yeah. I think, especially now with marriage as the divorce rate starts to sky like has been skyrocket. Absolutely skyrocket for sure. For the very scary like sixty years. Um but it's because I think a lot of the times like people don't like they don't pray. Like like don't don't put enough time into it. They don't put the effort in to make sure that this is the right person for them. Or talk to God about it. Or they just are trying to push everything else out in their life. And won't notice what's actually happening. I think prayer is what's going to make the difference in that. But mm-hmm. sure. always um, turn. Something that I heard was about the divorce stuff you're talking about. Um, think about like your grandparents and Kenneth. Like your did your grand did your grandparents stay together, Kenneth? Like yeah. you're on either side. But did both mm-hmm. pairs of your grandparents stay together, and are like still together? Yeah, both of them. Are. Okay. Very cool. Um, ironically, actually, on my dad's side, my grandparents are not together. But um, what I've heard is like the reason that the divorce rate has gone up, or one of the reasons, is because back in the old days, like when when our grandparents were dating, like right, 
they would see each other go on a date and then because they didn't have cell phones they didn't have ways to just call each other they couldn't snap each other every five minutes they would go see each other not see each other for a week and be the for a whole week there's anticipating like oh my gosh i can't wait to see this person again and they really enjoy their time together but now it's like look at teenage relationships because you have cell phones they you like we facetime the person every night you snapchat them constantly all day you see them so much it's like there's not that feeling of anticipation of like waiting to see them and because you just like see them so much that it's like i don't want to say like you get bored of them you know I don't want to like, that's kind of putting it kind of harshly, but it's like, it's, it's, so you're just being overloaded with like being with this person and seeing this person that eventually it just like, it just kind of wears off. Like the, the initial spark just goes away because you get so used to just being with them constantly. Yeah. I think something with that too, is like, either you get bored of the person, like you said, harsh as it is. I think, I think it is true. You either get bored of them or you get used to them being in your life so much that like, you don't know what you do without them or like you are able, but like not in a way of an obsession. Like you just, you know that your life would be just fine. Like that you would be able to live without them, but like nothing would be crazy, but you like, you don't know if like, then that's when like a prayer comes in. Like, should, should you be without them? Like, because probably, like, sometimes, yes, like, there's another person, like, out there that God wants you to find. Um, but also, it could be just, like, no, like, this is it. This, like you said, like, this is the one. Um, and you just, you yourself can make that decision, but God ultimately knows how you're going to be. So that's why prayer is going to come in. Like, that's when prayer comes in. Like, especially if you are like, yes, I love being with this person. I love talking with this person. This person just makes me so happy. This person makes helps me be a holier person. All these things that are good, that are perfect. But then, like, that's where God comes in. Like, is this going to be, like, the relationship that you're going to be happiest in for the rest of your life? Or... Are, are you being called to something else? Are you being called to be single? Are you called to go to the seminary? You just, that's something where prayer is big on. So I think that's something something to stress for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to, I'm sure if, if you talk to any priest or at least any Catholic married couple, good practicing Catholic married couple, they'll be like, yeah, prayer. How, mm-hmm. How'd you get together? I mean, prayer was the ultimate thing that kept us but i think that's a lot of the difference between uh relationships that like marriages that end up working like staying together and marriages that don't it's just like prayer is the the difference yeah Yeah. prayer is what binds them together oh yeah um something actually i want to bring up real quick before maybe we'll maybe start with this on the next podcast if we run out of time but then i was talking about with my sister is uh, I feel like there's been a lot of social change in the last 50 years as far as, you know, LGBTQ, things like that, Black Lives Matter, um, all great things, all great movements. Um, and as the current authority of the church, like all the people that are currently leading the church, you know, popes, bishops, um, cardinals, people like that, as they eventually, you know, die and pass on, 
and people that are in like a hundred years or like, you know, 70 years, the people that are like our age or younger are eventually in those positions because someone has to fill those positions when all those people mm-hmm. die. So people that's like are our generation, I, I could see some significant changes being made in the church. And like, there's a lot of traditionalists who believe that how the church has been is how it should always be. But I think there's a lot of more open-minded people these days. And um, some of the church teachings and church, jo- church doctrine uh, might change a little bit. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think the church can grow and evolve um, and, and change as authority changes and more open-minded younger people uh, take authority? See, I'm one of those young, young, more traditionalists where I think the church will change. I think it will change for the better. Um, but I think there will be some things that the church needs to grow on. Um, mm-hmm. Great quote. Um, I was reading a book for uh, history class, believe it or not. Um, but the quote was, the Catholic Church has never stopped being in a state of reformation. It will always be reforming. Um, there's always change happening in the church. Uh, and I think that's something that most people don't notice because a lot of the times, like it's subtle changes, it's little changes. It might be like a slight tweak to the mass. Um, but there are all these things that are constantly changing. Uh, so I do think that the, I think some doctrine may change I don't think a lot of it will, um, mm-hmm. because I do think that a lot of young people, a lot of people in our generation, lean more towards a traditional sect of things um, more than we might want to actually believe. Um, we, as a generation, I think, think we're very progressive, but I don't think we are. Um, I think we're very traditional um, because our parents are progressive. And as children, we're just a little bit rebellious, you know? Um, That's true. And so I think... See where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah, like the rebellion that we have, though, is one less of hatred, as we might see in, like, our parents, like, whenever they talk about, like, a rebellious phase when they were teenagers, but more of one of reverence. Um. And I think that's really important because it might not be that a whole bunch of people are reverent um, and like are traditional, but it is that the faithful, the like the like the kids that we see go to daily mass in their free time, the kids we see that like go to reconciliation, go to adoration when they can, however they can. I think the, like those are the people that are going to like continue to lead the church, um, and I think a lot of those people are like h- how they see as progressive is really simply traditional, but in a different way, um, more inclusive, yes, but more traditional and doctrine really um their opinions might be progressive understandable yeah yeah their opinions might be progressive which is just fine like there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that but i think a lot of their like what they hold as doctrine is more traditional than a lot of our parents um 
Yeah, I guess I'm a little traditional too. I mean, I think we, yeah, I, I put myself in that category of where you are, where I have some progressive beliefs, but I'm also fairly traditional when it comes to church yeah. things like that. And I think it's definitely a gradual thing where the church is always, like you said, it's always changing. It's always growing. And I mean, we used to have indulgences and we got rid of those. So that's good. Oh uh, yeah. But not plenary since, indulgences. Since the of the- we like those. Yeah. But we've grown a lot as a, the whole church has grown a lot. Um, so, I mean, since, since it's founding uh, in Jesus's days, uh, I think it'll continue to grow and there's definitely, you know, look, have hope for the future of the church, you know, always pray, hope, and don't worry. As JPT said, your, we love, we love, J- we love a good JPT JPT squared right there. JPT squared. <laughs> uh, but yeah. All right. It seems like, uh, another successful episode of the purple couch. Um, we will soon be filming and recording an episode on the actual purple couch, the notorious purple couch. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, I'm quite hyped for that. Quite hyped at the, uh, St. Clement youth house. Thank you all for listening and following. Um, please reach out to us somehow. We'd love to talk to you. Answer. Yeah. If you have any questions or something you'd like for us to touch on in the podcast, let us know. I will Um, be, we'll be making an Instagram account very soon. Um, I will be running that um, with the help of Bubba and it will, it'll be glorious. There'll be some notifications. It's going to be great. It'll, yeah. We're going to try and update, update the, update the cover for our podcast maybe a little bit instead of just having a plain picture of a purple couch maybe maybe we might update it a little bit have our faces i'm I'm already picturing like us sitting on the purple couch with like what pose are we gonna do we'll figure it out maybe maybe a coffee and a hot chocolate cup in hand yeah (laughs) like we're like we're spilling some tea on the catholic church uh that'd be great but bubba i think we shall end with this round be fair. I got this this evening. I think it's time. I think it's time. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. God grant me the serenity to change the to change the things I to accept the things I cannot change. Excuse me. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In the name of the Father. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Bye bye. Tune Thank in you. next time. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you. Have a fair-